August 18th, 2023. It is Friday Night Smackdown in Toronto, Canada. Edge vs. Sheamus in what could be Edge's last match. Edge would go on to defeat Sheamus in what was known as his last match in WWE. October 1st. 2023. The Rated R Superstar Adam Copeland is all elite. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, former dirt sheet writer. From Daily DDT, The Sportster, The Richest, Ringside News, and Sports Kita, I am Lee Walker, and I am joined by the pristine one. The pristine one, the undeniable one, the incomparable one, the adorable one, Alex Todd is back, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Perched on the Top Rope, and tonight's episode is all about the rated R superstar, Adam Copeland, joining AEW. Alex, you are a huge fan of Adam Copeland dating back to his uh, Damien Stryker days of WCW, if you will. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, I mean, did you really think you were going to have an Adam Copeland slash Ed show without me showing up? Oh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, the artist formerly known as Edge, the rated R superstar Adam Copeland, anybody that knows me knows that he is my favorite pro wrestler of all time. Don't really know how it began, it just, I, I actually used to hate the guy. Like, when I was a kid, when he was, like, involved in, like, the, the Matt Hardy rivalry with Lita, because I was a Hardy Boys kid growing up, um, I actually hated him because of the whole actual real-life stuff that happened with him and Matt. But, obviously, that's water under the bridge with them now. But uh, somewhere between, like, that and, like, I think, it for me, it was, like, right after, like, the storyline with... Like, the awful storyline of La Familia ended with him and Vicky and Chavo and all of them. Um, when he started kind of slowing, showing signs of, like, his initial um, first face turn since becoming the Rated R Superstar in, like, 2010, um, he has been my favorite since. And it's funny that he became my favorite around that time because then he was forced to retire a year later. So it was, I didn't really get too much time to enjoy it. So uh, during a lot of that time where Edge was retired, I went back and watched a lot of stuff on the WWE Network. Um, you know, matches I had watched even back when I hated him, matches I hadn't seen before, went back and, as you said, saw the days of Damian Stryker in WCW. Uh, I'm sure Adam himself probably would wish that we would not go back and watch that. He's made some jokes about it on his own. Uh, he refers to, if not be called by Adam Copeland or Edge, he refers to be known as Sexton Hardcastle. So we will do as such. But, uh, yeah, man, Adam Copeland is all elite. Uh, you know, this is one where a lot of people were on the fence. Was he going to do it? Was he not? Kind of seemed like a WWE lifer, but on the other hand, his best friend is currently holding the TNT title over in AEW. Um, you know, a lot of matches that are now possibilities for him. And I got to say, I think the biggest thing, like he said, was opportunity for him. Not opportunity from a company, but to face new wrestlers. That's kind of what his mission statement was when he came back to WWE in his first promo where he said he wanted to face the likes of Seth Rollins and Riddle and Finn Balor and 
He may not have been able to face Riddle, RIP. But um, he got Balor at WrestleMania. He got Rollins at SummerSlam. And then I also believe inside Helm's Hell. So he did get those. And now he's kind of in AEW to do the same thing. During his mission statement promo on Dynamite this week, he said he wants to face the likes of John Moxley. He wants to face the likes of Darby Allen. He wants to face the likes of Miro, Powerhouse, Hobbs. The list goes on and on. And, you know, it's just refreshing to see that we're going to get all sorts of new matchups. And by the way, can we talk about how Darby Allen gets the rub from every WWE legend that comes over to AEW? He was in the ring when Sting came back. He was in the ring when Jeff Hardy came back and was in the ring with the Hardy Boys. He was in the ring and faced CM Punk in his first match back in seven years. And now he's in the ring when Edge makes his debut. Adam Copeland, my bad. The rated R superstar Adam Copeland. They are literally letting us know that they are 100% on Darby Allen to being the future of All Elite Wrestling. Oh yeah, he's going to be the face of the company. You know, without a question. And there was even, I think it was in the media scrum where uh, Copeland jokes that when he got there, and of course they're trying to keep it hush and under wraps that he's been seen, you know, about being seen in the area. And he said, man, all he really wanted to do was just go get a cheeseburger with Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's really cool. And, you know, he had also said uh, in the media call basically why he, you know, had chosen All Elite Wrestling and his daughter said go be with uncle jay as you said his best friends in AEW, who's who we know is christian christian cage get it right christian cage that's right uh see i'm looking at this from a different standpoint and uh you're gonna be like mind blown when i bring these two particular things up why i'm a huge fan of copeland going to aew one you brought up a possible tag team reunion of Copeland and Christian Cage, which we did see get kind of teased on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. However, for me, it's the two of them working working together outside of the ring. Number one, obviously we'll have to have a name change, but the Edge and Christian podcast. Dude... I listened to every single episode of the Edge and Christian podcast when it came out. It was up there with uh, Talk is Jericho for me. Talk is Jericho is probably my favorite wrestling podcast, aside from Perched on the Top Rope, of course. Shameless plug, as we do. Um, But yeah, uh, the Edge and Christian podcast was up there for me for sure. And I think one of the funniest parts of it is because literally Edge just shits on Christian the entire show and he just takes it. Yeah, right? But, yeah, no, I would love to see the Edge of Christian show come back. I'd almost even like to see, like, maybe a YouTube skit, um, kind of, um, like, their new or newer version of when uh, WWE Network did the Edge and Christian, um, what was it, the Show of Awesomeness or whatever it was? Because there was the Pod of Awesomeness, and then there was, like, the show that they had on the network when they'd have guests and whatnot come on, and they'd do, like, comedy skits and stuff. Um, you know, if we see a baby face turn from Christian Cage down the road, I think that'd be something really cool that AEW could put on their YouTube channel. And ladies and gentlemen, that was point number two that I had. Was going to be the show that they did on the network. So funny. 
you know, however, I saw it as a, I obviously, again, have a name change to it, but with them both, if they become baby faces in the company and become a tag team again, you know, start that podcast back up under AEW, start that show back up on AEW's <clears throat> YouTube, which for me, the way I looked at it as, uh, could throw like shots at WWE because that's what they were doing with the show. It was like they were making they fun of threw WWE. They shots at, uh, when they did the network they show made... with WWE. They took shots at TNA all yeah. the time. So let's see them, you know, do it with AEW taking shots, but then also throwing subtle shots, making fun of their careers. Like, you know, Christian has, you know, they have, Christian has a tag team championship. Mm-hmm. In AEW, we'll go with that. Like, they're tag team champions right now. Right. But once, uh, you know, keeps keeps bringing up a world champion. And, and Adam Copeland can make fun of him and being like, yeah, yeah, right? You just need one more match? Ah. Uh, Things like that, you know I what I mean? I see what you did there. You know, because, like, let's be honest. You know, while, while we're on this, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Copeland's debut and what happened on AEW Dynamite, but... At Wrestle Dream, you have Christian Cage in the ring, you had Nick Wayne in the ring, you had Luchasaurus in the ring, and basically they're about to concerto Sting after beating up Sting, beating up Darby Allen. And we get that we get this promo of somebody like walking and getting in a vehicle and driving, and to me uh, wrestling fans, you might not get this, but the way it felt, it felt very, uh, oh God, what was, it felt very supernatural, Mm -hmm. the the TV show, if you will, you know, with, um, Dean Winchester getting in the fricking, uh, his his Camaro SS or whatever, the the Chevelle, whatever it is, right? The 69. And, And, you know, Car, the cars, you know, very old school uh, <clears throat> muscle cars for both shots, including this one that we saw. And you don't see who's actually like driving the vehicle or anything like that. And you just see him get out. And we get lucky enough to hear the theme music we heard. And ladies and gentlemen, out from the ramp. The rated R superstar Adam Copeland shows up in AEW at AEW Wrestle Dream. Yeah, it's wild because I kind of had a hunch that Edge or Adam Copeland was going to show up in AEW. I said this to you before we went on the air, but WWE mentioned an Edge, and I'm saying Edge because he was Edge at this time, mentioned on air during that SmackDown show in Toronto that that was his last match on contract, and nobody really knew whether he was staying, whether he was going. With the exception of the storyline with CM Punk's contract running out with WWE in 2011, generally if WWE brings up contract status on air, it's because the person's actually leaving. They did the same thing when Dean Ambrose, now known as John Moxley, left WWE in 2019. They mentioned on air that Dean Ambrose, uh, not neglected, but had elected uh, not to renew his contract with the company. And so generally when they bring up contract status on air, 
it's because it's true. And so when they mentioned that Edge, this may be his last match on contract, I kind of had a feeling he was either, he wasn't staying with WWE. He was either retiring or he was going to AEW. And then I'm watching Wrestle Dream. I still kind of knew that he was going to show up. I had a feeling he was going to show up in the main event because they put Darby and Christian Cage on last. Not anything against either one of them. But if if you're looking at that card, I originally thought that Brian Danielson versus da- uh, Zach Daber Jr. was going to main event the show because that's what that was the first match announced for the show, and that's kind of how they started building the show up. But then I still marked out, man. I hit the, the music hit, and I lost my shit like a ten year old child because I love watching that man wrestle, and I'm so excited about the possible matches that he's got coming up. Yeah. And he he stops Christian Cage from beating up on Sting mm-hmm. even more than what had already happened. You know, comes in as is the ultimate babyface in this situation. It seems. Uh, well, he teased hitting him at first. Yeah, it was really really cool to see. Um, although I feel when WWE uses that language when they bring up the contracts, this and that. I feel like they're literally spoiling it though. Like yeah, it felt like every it felt like everybody knew like he's not done. There's like more to this story. Like he's like it's not it's not over. Like you you got that feel. I think know? if he was going to retire, he would have mentioned his retirement and they would have let him mention his retirement on air on SmackDown that night. Yeah. You let him retire the first time because of injury. You're not going to let his contract run out if he's retiring. You're not going to let him not announce that on air. Yeah. So he had already made it known to the company that at that point, that when his contract ran up, he was going to AEW. Yeah. And his right now, the really cool thing is, too, his gear is up on auction, his last match gear. Oh, yeah. Isn't the he pants donating the... and the jacket are up on, uh, I believe it's on WWE auction. Yeah, and I think the proceeds it, go to the to Sammy, Sammy for Syria. Yeah. So, uh, I believe all the proceeds yeah. are to it are, which is really cool. And uh, I believe right now the pants are at like $2,500, and the jacket's at uh, well over $5,000. I think I'm going to have to take out a loan. <laughs> you know, so that's that's actually... Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd literally physically die if I got that. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, really, that's really cool to, uh, to see, you know, you know, especially for his last match gear, but I'm going to be real interested in seeing what his ring gear is going to be like in AEW, I'm interested to see more of, like, his entrance. I think you're going to see a lot more creativity. Yeah. Um, so that's what that's what I'm excited for with him in AEW. Uh, I do want to ask you about this, because this is something that uh, I even posted about on uh, Facebook.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. Alex, there's a meme going around. Or not so much a meme, but there's a post uh, comparing... The uh, WWE house show in the same arena that uh, AEW Wrestle Dream took place. So what happened here was, uh, oh, it wasn't even, yeah, what? 
Oh no, it wasn't the same place. It was just a it was just a regular WWE house show. Okay. The house show attendance was six thousand two hundred twenty four tickets sold. That's mm-hmm. tickets sold. I don't know how many actually walked through the door. Right. Uh, AEW Wrestle Dream pay per view had six thousand fifty eight people. That's supposed to be an AEW pay per view. Right. So a lot of people are shitting on this because there was more people at a house show than for Adam Copeland's AEW debut. The internet wrestling community, man. What do you expect? Um, yeah. Here's here's my thing on that. WWE's been around a lot longer. They have a well-established base of fans. And guys, I'm saying this. I'm a WWE fan. I'm an AEW fan. I'm an Impact fan. I, I just like wrestling. Like, this tribalism of WWE needs to fail or AEW needs to fail or Impact needs to finally go out of business, or this and that. It just, uh, just to end it. Like, at the end of the day, what do you get from that? Aside from you're literally just trying to insult people and stop people from enjoying something. Uh, just let people watch what they want to watch and enjoy it. AEW's not going to, on a lot of occasions, have as many fans as WWE at shows, because WWE has now been around for, what, 60-something years? I mean, WWE itself... What turned into WWE? Wasn't that founded in, like, the 60s? Um, so the World Wide Wrestling Federation, uh, Vince McMahon Sr. founded the company, I believe it was, like, nine. If I tell you it's 1952, it's 1957. Yeah, but that's, I think, even before then, it was, like, the Capital Wrestling whatever, which eventually got absolved and yeah. led to becoming WWE. So they, they've, the, we're getting close in the next couple decades to coming up on WWE's century anniversary of being a company yeah as weird as that is to say like the startings of the company they have been around for a very long time they're gonna have older people that have been only watching wwe the whole entire time who went through wcw tna now AEW, and they just stayed faithful to wwe and that's okay you're allowed to be a faithful wwe fan you're gonna have those people's kids and their kids that got raised watching WWE because their parents and grandparents did. That's okay. You're going to have people that really were just hardcore wrestling fans of the Attitude Era style, and if you really only like that, you're going to gravitate towards AEW. I'm getting to a point on this. You're going to gravitate towards AEW, and if WWE is not your thing, that's okay. If you want just straight shoot wrestling, in my opinion, Impact Wrestling is the way to go. So, like, you can you can have your own thing and enjoy it. So when people do this thing where they try and compare WWE running a show in this arena to AEW running the show in an arena, it's stupid and it makes no sense because one company's been around a lot longer. AEW's only been around for four years. They're going to have less people. That's, I mean, that's that's really all I have to say. I don't, I don't think them having less people is an insult, considering that they just packed tens and tens of thousands of people into Wembley Stadium. I don't think they're too worried about it. Yeah, and you know, you, you speak of the, the tribalism there in Copeland's first Instagram post after being visibly seen on AEW Wrestle Dream made these comments. As some of you now know, I am no longer with WWE. My home is AEW. I'm excited. Whole new roster, some familiar faces that I wanted to work with again. And a whole new set of first ever matches. New challenges. 
And if you've ever followed my career, you know what I've always been driven by. But first and foremost, I want to address my 25 years with WWE. I love WWE and appreciate everything the company did for me. Always have, always will. They put me on the map, gave me amazing opportunities, and through hard work on both ends, I've been supplied with a wonderful life. Hell, WWE helped me meet the woman I'd start my family with. Sometimes relationships just grow apart, and I feel that WWE and I have just outgrown each other. I wanted to do more. They didn't have as much for me to do. Simple as that, and that's okay. I'll still be watching and still be supporting all of my friends there. I don't buy into this odd mentality of one company or the other. It's weird. If you took offense to that, take a walk, get some fresh air, and soak up some sunshine, it's wrestling. An amazing gig, but still, it's wrestling. Relax, it's supposed to be fun. And it's just a segment of the fans, not most fans, and definitely not the performers. Within the industry, we all know that more choices is better for everyone and pushes us all to be better. As a wrestling fan, which I still am, it's exciting that there's viable companies providing wrestling on national and worldwide platforms. If you're actually a fan of wrestling and not acronyms, that would make you happy too. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. If you've appreciated my work, you still can, no matter what the initials are, because I'll still be busting my ass every time I'm out there. This ride isn't over just yet. Just try and have fun like it should be, because trust me, I'll be having fun every time I'm out there in an AEW ring. Let's go. You forgot the part where he told people to go touch grass. No, I didn't click the whole thing. I just opened up. Eh, that's fine. He basically tells everybody that's got a problem with it to touch grass oh, yeah. at the end. Yeah, and you know what? The cool thing is, like, yeah, everybody's going to have their issues with either Vince McMahon or TK. But the cool thing about TK being a boss that I've noticed is that the guys that have left WWE and have came over to AEW, whether it be on social media when they first sign or whether it be in the medium scrums, he allows them to show gratitude and thanks for the company that they worked for before and say their name. Unfortunately, I don't think Vince or Triple H would really allow that too much. Um, but, like, that's cool that TK's fine with him, like, talking about WWE on a scrum or posting about them on social media because... TK's also smart enough to realize that if not for WWE's investment in the Edge character, that he himself would not have a huge signing in Adam Copeland right now. It's as simple as that. Well, TK should be happy anyway about anything that happens at the media scrum, besides, besides you know, a fight, a, someone getting bit. Too soon, man. You know what I mean? That's been over a year. Which actually brings me to a point I wanted to talk about with you. I did not bring this one up before we had the show because I thought this would kind of be cool to get your reaction live. Um, obviously, CM Punk's not with the company anymore. It's been well known that he's been fired. Do you think this fills the void of Punk being gone now that we have Adam Copeland? So, I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to say yes just for the sole fact that we found out through Tony Khan and AEW that Adam's contract, he's working full-time. We're going to see him primarily on AEW Dynamite and also Collision, so we're getting him twice a week. And we already know that next Tuesday, 
on AEW Title Tuesday or whatever the hell it's called because it's Tony Khan's birthday, so mm-hmm. we have to have a special show for that. Have to. Um, he will be having his in-ring debut in AEW on October 10th against Luchasaurus. A.K.A. Fake Kane. I didn't think about that. His, oh. his theme music even sounds similar now. Like, his newer theme music, now that he's a heel, even sounds similar to Kane's old music. Can you imagine if he changed his mask where it's, like, still dinosaur-esque, but, like, you can mm-hmm. see, like, glares of, like, a Kane in there? I guess AEW will have to sign Glenn Jacobs and we'll have to have a one-on-one match. Oh, my God, that would be hilarious. But, um, you know, now that I, I, I think about that, uh, the AEW Title Tuesday show that... Uh, Adam is debuting on uh, this past Tuesday on NXT. We have obviously learned that WWE feels that AEW is some sort of threat or they're trying to stop them from getting any sort of decent ratings because next week AEW and NXT are literally going head to head. And we found out that on uh, NXT this past week, uh, in the Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker, we will have John Cena in the corner of Carmelo Hayes. Only his second ever NXT appearance. The last one was 10 years ago, about a year after NXT started. So, a long time coming. Big deal. And we have, on Braun Breaker's side, Paul Heyman. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be awesome. We also learned that Asuka will be in action. Mm-hmm. And we have also learned that Cody Rhodes will be debuting at NXT with a big news for the crowd. Isn't it ironic that at one point when AEW and NXT were going head-to-head before, Cody was on the AEW side... And now they're going head-to-head against each other again. Cody's on the other side of the fence this time. Going against the company he helped create. So, I have to ask. Do you think this is in fear of AEW and Adam Copeland getting a good boost in the ratings and beating NXT? Or do you think that this has to do with the fact that uh, when Becky won the NXT Women's Championship, they hit a million... uh, views in the ratings and they're trying to keep that momentum up or could it be both i think it could be a little bit of both i actually think that it's more likely that they're just trying to keep their own ratings um and i say that because no matter how good aew does at this exact point yes they might have some shows that are better but they're never going to be like an actual full threat to like like monday night wars threat like company could go out of business threat um in NXT maintains its home on Tuesdays every week. That's where they've been. Tony Khan's the one that made Dynamite move days. AEW's the company that moved their day to a show where WWE already has a show. So if you are WWE NXT specifically and you just hit over a million views with that episode with Becky Lynch on it, and there's another show that's going to run a company that uh, run a show that night, another company that's going to run a show. My bad. Um, you're going to want to keep that momentum because even if you don't think AEW is a threat, they run a show that night, you know that there's going to be crossover fans between both companies. There's going to be some people that are diehard Edge fans like me who will or might possibly flip the channel. 
not permanently, but like you want to keep those ratings up that you were just able to maintain. I think if this had been a situation where NXT hadn't gotten those ratings that they had had this prior week, I don't think they would have loaded the show as much because they wouldn't have been as worried about trying to maintain that momentum. But I think since they were on such a roll, because they just announced these people showing up. Like, just announced them this week. they announced them. uh, It was as uh, NXT was going. Yeah. Yeah, So they just announced them this week, and that's probably because a combination of the ratings coming in from the week before, plus uh, the title Tuesday thing being announced... And they're, they're just trying to keep their own ratings. Um, AEW is competition in the aspect of a show could be competition to a show on any given night, depending on how good it is, but not competition enough to where they're worried about going out of business or anything. So I think they're just trying to maintain their ratings. And as they should, because honestly, NXT's been on a roll lately. This is probably the best NXT we've seen since the old Black and Gold. And I thoroughly enjoy that show as well now. So... You got to do what you got to do to maintain what you've got. Yeah. Um, it's also funny to me, though, because I sit back and think uh, Triple H on media calls and stuff saying, uh, no, I'm, NXT is like its own thing. I'm not bringing main roster people down. And, you know, the the first sign of, of AEW in trouble, what did we get? We started getting the main roster people coming down. I think that might be a little bit of Vince, too. Yeah, probably. But um, this time around, like I said, I, I I, still see it. I see it as a combination of both, but I still saw um, the writing on the wall, too. You know, when Becky won the NXT Women's Championship, made her Grand Slam champion, and we got that, you know, they, they hit that million mark. And obviously they still want to hit that. Mm-hmm. And Even if AEW wasn't running a show on that day, they'd still want to keep keep the momentum going. Yeah, so that's what made me wonder, like, do they, you know, maybe were they, did they plan on this anyway? Or maybe did they plan not as much? And they were like, whoa, oh, that's when they're doing this? Okay. That and the combination with Copeland debuting. I, I think it's just a combination of everything, just like a perfect storm. But you know what? In the end, fans are going to win. Because I arguably think that on that Tuesday, on October 10th, I think we're going to have two great shows that we're going to have a choice from picking from that night. Yeah, I agree. One thing I do want to bring up, though, that is not Adam Copeland related. is Aw, sad. I know. We are getting a rematch of Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley at AEW uh, Title Tuesday for the AEW International Championship. Now, if you remember... Um, Ray Phoenix had done his finishing move, but Moxley's head had hit the mat. It wasn't even from that. It was from a spot earlier in the match, and then the reason they were pissed off about that spot is because the ref, uh, Rick Knox, I believe, was supposed to call the match earlier on because of the safety thing. So then they were more pissed when he took that spot because he had already suffered the concussion earlier in the match. Yeah, and you see him do the two and then stop, but then you also see Moxley like look at him like what and, and he, he visibly said something to the ref. And then you see him take Ray Phoenix's move one more time, one, two, three matches over, new international champion. Right. Which fans, uh, you can hear Yoshi Tatsu's thoughts about this on Yoshi Unleashed at youtube.com at Yoshi Unleashed. That's right. Yoshi Tatsu 
has a brand new podcast coming out and he's already put stuff up on YouTube at youtube.com at Yoshi Unleashed. Go subscribe, go listen to it. He talks a lot about New Japan Pro Wrestling, he talks a lot about his time in WWE, and he talks about a lot of current wrestling going on that he's not even part of. Talks a lot of AEW. Yeah, he talks a lot of AEW, and he talks about this spot specifically. So, fans, make sure you go and you check that out at youtube.com at Yoshi Unleashed. Uh, it was, it was, I was shocked when I watched it, um, Alex seeing that, and then knowing it was supposed to be an audible, like it was clear as day. But, do you think that Phoenix uh, retains, or do you think that uh, the belt's going back to Moxley? I think it's too soon for Moxley to be competing first and foremost. If we're gonna if we're gonna have an opinion about anything, yeah, bro, he suffered a concussion. We've we've seen Brian Danielson even since he's been to AEW. We've seen him out for a few months with a concussion before. We watched Adam Cole miss four to six months of his career over a very bad concussion that almost costed him his career. We've seen multiple people out with concussions in the past in WWE. We know about concu- uh, enough about concussion protocol at this point to where it's, what, been like two weeks? The man shouldn't be competing yet. I also feel like Moxley probably argued his way into this one because that seems like the type of character that he is, and he probably was pissed and just wants to have a match. Who am I to tell? It could have been a very minor concussion. I don't know. I don't have his medical diagnosis in front of me. It just worries me is all. I've, I've had some concussions myself. You've had some concussions yourself. They take a while to heal from. And I'm just more worried about the man's well-being in the ring. Um, that set aside, I think since... If that audible wasn't called, I'm sure that Moxley probably would have won the match because he just started that reign. So if it was a mild concussion, he's legit cleared to go. I'd say have him win it back and go back to the original plan of what you were going to do. Um, but if you're going to do that and have Phoenix's title reign end that quickly... For the sake of helping another character, I think you should have a story that Phoenix can go to from there. Whether it's possibly Penta showing up and turning on him. We've seen them feud with each other in other companies before. Amazing feud. Whether it's another feud that they go to, I think have Moxley win it back, but don't bury Phoenix in the process and have something else set up for him on the side. Well, speaking of that, Alex, you want to talk about storylines if Ray Phoenix wins? There's somebody who has never debuted on AEW Collision who, on Perched on the Top Rope at YouTube.com, at Perched on the Top Rope, called out the AEW International Champion Ray Phoenix. Ladies and gentlemen, Lance Archer was recently perched on the top rope. You can go to episode 159 on Apple Podcast or anywhere podcasts are found, or you can go watch the interview and watch the teaser trailer clips on youtube.com at perched on the top rope so lance has called him out he wants he wants a shot at that title uh as he just recently had a shot not too long ago when orange cassidy had it so um and he also brings up how he's beaten moxley so if moxley wins it 
Lance Archer's there, man. The, yeah, the won mur- the IWGP US title from him at one point. Yep, the Murderhawk Monsters waiting and ready. And he's even already called out uh, Adam Copeland, too, on social media. Can you imagine how great of a match that would be? Lance Archer is so good for his size, it's unbelievable. Oh, dude, six seven, two sixty. And he can move too, dude. Yeah. I it's it reminds me of the way that Test used to be able to move. For his size, he could pull off some he had some good agility, and Archer kinda reminds me a lot of his in ring style as well. Yeah. yeah. Um I would just like to see them. Give Archer more of a push. I know he's had title matches and whatnot. I just think the company could do a little better with him because he's got all the makings of a fucking star, man. Yeah. Now, I got to ask you this. Uh, October 10th, next Tuesday, Adam Copeland versus Luchasaurus. I'm not going to bother with asking who you think is going to win. I'm going to ask you this. Who do you think the pressure's on more? Adam Copeland to perform at the top of his game or is on luchasaurus i'd have to say it's on luchasaurus adam copeland it's not like you're not in a situation like when we were looking at all out when cm punk debuted when he faced Darby Allen. we're not talking about a situation where a man hasn't been in a wrestling ring in seven years adam copeland slash edge had a match on smackdown a month ago August 18th. Yeah. His last match. Yeah. WWE. Okay. Almost two months ago. My bad. Yeah. But like, he's only been out of the ring for two months. And if he was planning on doing this, you know, he was training the whole entire time. He's probably training with FTR. They're two of his close friends. He knows what it takes to go out there and perform at the highest level. Um, I think maybe a little bit of pressure on him to show Tony what he's capable of and maybe show the locker room that he's here to do business and not just be somebody from another company coming in to get a paycheck. Which I don't really think, with his character, his real-life character, I don't think that anybody would really think that, because he seems to be a stand-up guy. I think maybe that's there a little bit, but Luchasaurus, this might be the biggest match of his career. You know, he, he's been around a while, too, though, so I think he knows what he's getting into. Man was in NXT at one point. Back in the day, he was in the original class of NXT, which is weird to think. Yeah. Um... He's been in AEW for a while. He's held multiple championships. But this is the biggest match of his career, in my opinion. He's facing a former 11-time world champion. A man who held 35 championships in WWE. A man who's a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, the pressure's going to be on for Luchasaurus in, like I said, what is arguably the biggest match of his career. Yeah, and one thing that... uh former WWE superstar Tatanka told me about matches like this is in these situations you never forget who your debut opponent was so for him uh, when he when Tatanka had come back to the WWE was 0607 the Miz made his debut on Smackdown his first match you know who his first match was Tatanka Tatanka Fans, you can also hear about that at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Um, so he, he brings up how you always remember your your first and that this is going to be a first for Adam. Always remember your first. So he's going, you know, his first match being Luchasaurus, he's going to remember that. And I'm just concerned, is it going to be for a good reason or is it going to be for a bad reason? 
Could Adam Copeland get a little too overzealous where he makes a mistake and slips up? Could Luch could he could he be could he get too overzealous where he gets too ahead into the match? Now I, I would like to say no because of again twenty five years in WWE alone, not including time on the independent scene, WCW, all that stuff. Or what if Luchasaurus is too anxious and messes up or moves, you know, goes to the next spot too fast? You know, because the last thing anyone wants to see on their debut is ending up on Botchamania. Yeah. I think the one good thing that they have going for them, though, is the fact that Luchasaurus has been working with Christian. So obviously he's been learning from Christian. But also, in this scenario, if you pull back the curtains, obviously he's working with Christian Cage with this character on TV, which means Christian's helping him behind the scenes. But it also means Adam's helping him behind the scenes now Now that he's there. You know that Adam and Christian are going to come up with like some ideas, some game plans. They're going to give Luchasaurus some advice. They're all going to conspire on this together to make sure that this goes over well. So I think Luchasaurus also has a really cool opportunity here where he's got these legends around him that are... You know Adam's going to make Luchasaurus look like a million bucks, too. And as he should. I think Luchasaurus, since leaving the Jungle Boy tag team, has actually put in a lot of effort to become a better in-ring competitor. So I, I think he's in a really cool spot, and I'm excited for the match. I'm excited for it. it. It's really, I'm hoping someone that, like I said, Adam was talking about, you know, first matches and first times, and uh, this is one way to start off. Um, obviously, they're going with some sort of storyline between Christian Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne, and Adam Copeland here, also tied in with Sting and Darby Allen at somehow. Uh, how it ends, though, will be the interesting end game because uh, we did watch on AEW Dynamite Tony Schiavone doing an in-ring interview with Adam Copeland because Adam, come, you know, we watch Adam comes down and says, you know, he's never had this with Tony Schiavone before. He was the voice of his childhood, the voice of his childhood, and things like that. And then obviously we had Christian come down with the TNT Championship and fucking nose like just so far up in the air man. i love the heel work he's doing man. you know if he was on his knees i would say he, he's his 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 nose is so high he's ready for the vince mcmahon kiss my ass club damn it you beat me to it i was gonna <laughs> make the joke you know what i mean so like that's you know that's how he's got that he, he's got that south park smug to himself mm-hmm. right now if you will if you were a south park fan ladies and gentlemen With the steve jobs turtleneck yeah he's got that that smugness and that arrogance. It's almost like a modern day Rick Martel. It's beautiful storytelling, to be honest with you. I would say with Roman Reigns being gone as long as he has right now, I'd say Christian Cage is probably the best heel in wrestling right now. Yeah. Yeah, and especially for the way he's acted. He was able to uh, manipulate Nick Wayne into becoming on his side mm-hmm. after we just, you know, and the look on Nick Wayne's mom's face, which, by the way, Joe Hendry, if we do not get a parody of Stacy's mom with Nick Wayne's mom instead... I'm going to lose my mind. I don't care if they're not in the same companies. I'm going to lose my mind. We need a Nick Wayne's mom parody. Yeah, she got it going on. By Joe Hendry. I believe in Joe Hendry. Uh, 
Which, speaking of which, if I can remember correctly, there's an interview with Joe Hendry on youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. It's one of our first interviews that we ever did on the YouTube channel. Yes, it was while Joe Hendry was in Ring of Honor at the time. Which, by the way, you know, great seeing him in Impact Wrestling and everything he's doing, by the way. Love it. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, back to the whole Christian thing. I think it's wild. At his age, he is quite possibly in the prime of his career right now as a character. Yeah. This is probably the best character work I think I've ever seen Christian Cage do. You know, WWE kind of always made him off to as like a whiny little brat whenever he was a heel in the company, even during his 2011 world title run. Just one more match. Just one more match. Um, his heel run in TNA back then was good, but he was only with the company for a few years, so we never really got to see that go much longer, and then he also turned face again before he left. This is the first time he's actually been able to really have a serious heel character, plus the continual jabs at people's dads being dead, man. Yeah, he's all about that. He's, he's all about the dead dad. There's a mashup I saw on YouTube, and it's Christian Cage's theme, and when it does that, it's literally just go, him going, but your father's dead, 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 <laughs> dead. It's, But, I mean, he used that, as the basis, the original basis of this character to get him this incredible heat. And like I said, I would I would seriously argue that outside of Roman Reigns, Christian Cage is probably, at almost 50 years old, the best heel in pro wrestling right now. What did you think when uh, Adam said he wanted to team with him again and they hugged? Oh, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It's too soon. There's got to be a story behind it. Christian is too hot as a heel right now for that to just change, especially after Nick Wayne just joined him. That would just that would have been too much of a clusterfuck of a storyline. And everything that happened last night. That was the only issue I had with what they should what with how how that went on Dynamite because we just watched what happened literally a few nights before at Russell Dream. Like we know that they're not going to team together right away. It was, like, obvious. But the fact that, like, that moment happened. And the crowd ate it up because, you know, they were cheering and shit. And then, you know, time was running over, well over, as a matter of fact. AEW went over by, like, ten minutes. Yeah, 10, the, minutes. the segment started as AEW would have almost normally been over. Yeah, like at ten o'clock. Yeah. And uh, it basically ends, we get, uh, and, and I'm sure, you know, there's fines coming for this one. Uh, it might not be because they were able to bleep it out bleep, on TV at, they this time. It out, but, the one uh, with MJF, they didn't know he was going to do it, so they weren't able to catch it. So he might be okay since it got bleeped out. But uh, we got to go fuck yourself from yeah. Christian to Adam Copeland. And Christian with his nose in the air, as smug as smug can be, walked out of the ring. Yep, he walked out of the ring, and then he's like, just, you know, just as a reminder, this is what you're up against next week. And Luchasaurus comes out, Nick Wayne comes out. You know this is going to end, whether whether the match has a ends in no contest or not, this is going to end with all six men in the ring at the end of that match next week. It, it's going to have Christian Cage, Nick Wayne, Luchasaurus, and then Sting, Darby, and and Adam. You know, at, at first at the pay-per-view when Nick Wayne turned, I was like, man, this is kind of groan-inducing. But I, I realized why they did it. They need an even six versus six. And yeah. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus didn't have anybody at that time. And obviously they knew Edge was going to be aligned with Darby and Sting when he came in. 
So it, it makes sense looking at it. So it's it's going to be fun. I think you're going to see over in the next, I'm going to hope, maybe like the next six-ish months that we get some on and off between Adam uh, feuding with these guys for a little bit and some multi-man matches facing like either Nick Wayne or Luchasaurus here or there. And then maybe just a few other people in between. I think if you're going to do it, you do it right, and I think you hold this build off. Because obviously, before we ever see Christian Cage and Adam Copeland reunite as a tag team, they're going to have a match against each other first. That's clearly the direction that this is going in. I think hold it off until double or nothing. Obviously, you're not going to, you're really not going to be able to run this a whole entire, almost a whole entire year to all out again or all in again without this losing steam. But I think if you do it right, you could arguably keep going until double or nothing and have them face each other, whether it's for the TNT title or not. Yeah, and I mean, I do think if they did it for the TNT championship instead of just having Adam Copeland go right for a world championship right away, which he did bring up in a promo, you know, that the belt, you know, you know, looks good and everything like that, and that, he, you know, he's into that. But, um... I think you'd get a lot of, again, you know, we, we taught, you know, Copeland and yourself even brought up the uh, the acronyms, doesn't matter what side. A lot of people are going to just complain that, oh, they just brought in another WWE guy to take the title. You know what I mean? Like, for the main title. Oh, they brought, you know, or it's, oh, they brought in another WWE guy. Oh, they, you know, it's always that constant, they brought in another WWE guy, where... A they lot. didn't have a problem when Moxley was the world champion three times in a row. Well, yeah. not in a row, but you know what I mean. Again, yeah, former WWE guy. They didn't have a problem when CM Punk was the world champion. They didn't have a problem when Chris Jericho was the world champion. Yeah, you know, all former WWE guys. All former WWE champions. Yeah, so um, there's been a lot of talk about that as well that I've seen. And I've also seen uh, a lot of talk in regards to uh, Adam Copeland and actually rampage because it was very noticeable that that wasn't even mentioned him being on the show so that alone tells me that rampage is seemingly going to be treated like i can't even see a b show it's more of a c show because i'd say dynamite's your a show collision is the b show rampage is that show in the middle yeah i would agree it's it's probably on the same level as the ring of honor at this point in the company which, which is a shame, because they had great ratings when the show first started. But, I mean, it is what it is. You you try things, they don't work. Main event is still going for WWE. Don't know why. Yeah, and, um, you know, talking about all this and, and the different shows, Alex, I want to bring up the fact that uh, AEW Dynamite's ratings are in where we watched that segment with Adam and Christian Cage last night. Uh, they did 800,000. It's not bad. It's also, I guess, being said it's one of their lowest rated shows for AEW Dynamite, where NXT on Tuesday had 857,000. Hmm. I mean, at, at the same time, you also got to realize we're, we're still in the time of year where... In a lot of the, a lot of the northern states, at least, it's still summer. It's well, weather. The weather doesn't know what it wants to do. It's fall some days. It's summer the other. People are still out doing stuff during the week after work. People are 
going and watching races if you're around from here. People are going either to live sporting events or watching sports on TV. I don't think it's a... Ref- I, I think, and Chris Jericho said this once on the I Am Jericho podcast, or Talk is Jericho podcast, my bad, um, that ratings aren't as much of the be-all, end-all as they used to be. If you hit a point where you want to as a company, that's good and fine. If you're making... What's important is that you're making money. And the ratings aren't the only way to make money anymore. And ratings are something you can bounce back from. WWE barely cares about the ratings. I mean, they do sometimes. But, I mean, if they cared about the ratings as much as people want to think that they do, they'd probably put a hell of a lot more effort into Monday Night Raw. (laughs) Yeah. Just saying. Um, But, I, I... yeah, it's it sucks. It's a bad night at the office, but I don't think it's indicative to them like going downhill as a company. That's clearly not happening. That's just the the ratings argument just always kind of gets me. Just like the, this is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you watch like we we live in a social media era now where you can watch a lot of these guys that have wrestled or are currently still wrestling have their own podcasts. You go and watch and listen to Busted Open Radio, and you hear the talent themselves. Who are the people that are in these buildings with their bosses saying, guys, calm down. This isn't as big of a deal as you're making it to be. And all the fans will literally argue with them in the comments section and be like, you're just bitter or you're wrong. And I'm like, they're literally the guys in the business. If you're going to listen to anybody, listen to them. Yeah. They're like, nah, we're going to listen to the dirt sheets. We're going to listen to the guys that, no offense. We're going to listen to the guys that make stuff up. You were never one of those guys that did, so... I just did interviews. Yeah, you did interviews. Just like I still do. And and Alex, speaking of interviews, on YouTube and on Apple Podcast, uh, we have the Lance Archer from AEW interview up, which, yes, ladies and gentlemen, AEW is now sending us talent to work with. Uh, We will also be working with NWA talents as well coming up and Alex I'm really excited about this one because this doesn't happen so often but here on Perched on the Top Rope we are very good at getting top Japanese talent on this show as we had an incredibly rare interview with Ultimo Dragon ladies and gentlemen we have an incredibly rare interview actually with Yoshitatsu and that is dropping this Saturday at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope or youtube.com at perched on the top rope. And it will be dropping anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, Apple, you name it, we're there. It's perched on the top rope. And for all of you countries who have kept us on your chartable rankings, 73 in America, 110 in Canada, 67 in Saudi Arabia, 61 in South Africa, and 59 in the Philippines, ladies and gentlemen. But that is not all. I want to thank all the countries who have been tuning in to the show, not just these past few shows, but all together. Because Alex, as you know, there's been a lot especially these last couple years. So ladies and gentlemen, I also want to thank the following countries for tuning in. United States, Oman, Spain, China, Canada, Japan, France, Ukraine, Netherlands, United Kingdom, 
India, Bangladesh, South Africa, Germany, Brazil, Bosnia, Saudi Arabia, Vietnam, Russia, and Norway. Thank you for tuning in each and every week to Perched on the Top Rope. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you can also find us at twitch.tv slash perched on the top rope, where I, former dirt sheet writer Lee Walker, am currently ranked under 200 in Stadium Stampede and have been killing it in that mode. So go check us out at twitch.tv, where I've been playing AEW's Fight Forever Stadium Stampede. You can also find us at TikTok at perched on the top rope, where we recreate the greatest moments in professional wrestling using Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On because nothing makes a moment better than Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. And that includes Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 32 because you're not going to convince me otherwise that that was not one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history. And fans, if that doesn't tickle your fancy, go watch Calvin Sullivan get humped by a dog. Yes, that is right. The Taskmaster from WCW, Kevin Sullivan, is on our TikTok getting humped by a dog. You're a bastard. <laughs> you know that, right? Guys, the way, the reason Lily emphasizes that so much is when I was on the show regularly, it was basically his rib on me every single week because I couldn't get over it. I thought it was the funniest damn thing I've ever seen because like, it's just Kevin Sullivan getting humped by a dog. Um, so now 90% of the time when Lee makes that comment, during the end, he makes uncomfortable eye contact with me. Oh yes, we were locked eye to eye. But not tip to tip. No. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lee, for having me on. It was great to be back for the show to talk about Adam Copeland slash Edge, the rated R superstar. Excited to see where he goes from here. Excited to see where you go from here. Crazy that you made it into all these countries in four years, man. Dude, it's been a blast, and ladies and gentlemen, you just got to remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're We're out. out.